A breaking news story this morning we'll start things out with. Uh, secondarily, we'll take a look at the fever. The doctor has passed. And Keith, I'm going to ask you, could the Olympics have less buzz? Well, good morning. We're back again for another edition of Media Insultant. Our opinions and comments. That's Keith Samuels. He's in Southern California. I'm Jackson Weaver here in Seattle. We don't have any commercial interruption, but we may go down a couple of rat holes at some point during the, during the conversation here today. So we welcome you to the Thursday, February 3rd episode of Media Insulted. Boy, Keith, can you do a breaking news bulletin sound effect? Because we have got a story that just literally came across a couple of minutes ago about Jeff Zucker. I'm reading this on my phone here, uh, who has resigned over a consensual relationship with a colleague. Uh, this is this is a big deal in the media space, isn't it? He's a six million dollar guy for CNN. He had a great history with NBC. Started out as a producer on the Today Show. And he resigns. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's had a great run, but but somewhere along the line, he fell in love with a coworker, and they've had this consensual relationship for uh, a, it says a long time. I don't know how long that is. He got divorced from his wife Karen in 2018, um, and now uh, and then. So obviously, maybe this was the cause of that, or he was already in this affair. Um, but you know, you gotta, you gotta be thinking when you're a guy like, you know, Zuckerberg or Zucker and you see all these, you know, Matt Lauer and all these other guys get in trouble and you get in trouble too. And you're dating somebody who works for you, you know, how many red flags have to go off before you say, you know, um, uh, and it's almost like you have a death wish for your career. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I don't care. It's just, I'll get another job. I just love you so much. And so, but I don't know what goes through these guys' minds. You know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's really frightening that A, they think it's okay. And then B, you know what? I'll just resign and I'll be fine. And you know what? He will be. Somebody will recruit him and he'll have a job in a couple of months running something really big and it'll be ho-hum, you know? So uh, it's just stunning to me though, that, that they have to like stub their toes on, their uh, relationships like this, but maybe it's just because it's a guy thing. I don't know. I don't know either. It, uh, it's really, I, I mean, I'm in agreement with you on, you know, how many brain cells do you have to have to, to see that this is what's going on and to see all of these guys. Yeah. And you know how it's going to, and you know how it's going to end. You know how it's going to end. You're going to have to quit. Well, and, you know, in a day when if you walk into a room and say to someone, hey, nice dress, she can sue you for sexual harassment, you know, but by the same token, let's see here, I'm just uh, reading the relationship. Uh, he acknowledged the relationship evolved in recent years, and uh, I was required to disclose it. This I don't understand when it began, but I didn't. I was wrong. As a result, I'm resigning today. When do you properly disclose a relationship with a subordinate? Well, you know, she might have she might have had to quit. You know, he, there would have been something where, yeah, Jeff admitted it. He's a cool guy. Okay, he's he's up front, up front. You know, straight arrow, letting us know. But you know, you girlfriend are going to have to leave. So he didn't want her to have to leave. 
And uh, obviously, they thought they could they could get away with this for a while. And working remotely, and you know, thanks to COVID, it probably made it easier because they weren't seeing you know they weren't seen together at the office or in meetings or you know um, you know having drinks at the uh, top of the at the Rainbow Room at the top of the uh, you know uh, Manhattan Tower. Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, so it, it was probably pretty easy to carry this on um, because everything was virtual. But. Hey, do you remember the Cosby show on NBC? I was speaking of uh, this kind of uh, structure. Um, you know, in the decades, it was the biggest hit of the 80s. Uh, and when it went into syndication, the frenzy around getting the rights to the Cosby show was unbelievable. I think the initial payment was $500 million, and every station in the country wanted it. But a funny thing happened. What happened is, is that the show ran out of gas in syndication. It really just... It just laid an egg, as as you would say. Um, I recall a major market TV station where the GM told me he was willing at one point to pay another station $14,000 a week to take it off his hands. That's how much of a turd it was. Well, the reverse happened for our friends at WKRP, the radio station series that was in the late 70s. Only ran four seasons, 90 episodes, but it became much more popular in syndication than when it ran on CBS. And I'd argue CBS bailed on it early anyway. Its last episode, it was the seventh, number seven show that in prime time that, that week. Of course, all of this comes up because WKRP's legendary morning man, the doctor, Dr. Johnny Fever, Howard Hessman, died at 81 last week. here in Cincinnati. That's right, babies. We got a blistering 14 degrees outside, and there's a gentle wind wafting down from the north at about a thousand miles an hour. All right, now it's time to strap them on, babies. Here we go. It's Dr. Fever's seasonal Cincinnati snowshoe shuffle stomp. You ready? Everybody dance. I can feel the excitement already. You're Travis? Yeah, that's right. Oh. I'm Johnny Caravella. I'm also known as Johnny Midnight, Johnny Cool, Johnny Duke, Johnny Style, and Johnny Sunshine. <laughs> you can call me Johnny, okay? Sunshine, haven't I heard of you? You're not a cop, are you? <laughs> Johnny Sunshine. Johnny Sunshine, I remember, yeah, it was Los Angeles in the late 60s, Johnny Sunshine Boss Jack. Hey, you were, uh, you were very hot, man. Yeah. Something happened there, though. Station fired you for some reason. Booger. <laughs> what? I used the word booger on the air. That's right. I was making about a hundred grand a year out there. <laughs> then one day I said, booger. Bunch of bozos called the station. Next thing I know, I'm in Amarillo hosting a garden show. <laughs> You're listening to the Johnny K. 
Caravella Show. in Cincinnati. And now it's time to listen to one of my personal favorites. It's the Hallelujah Tabernacle Choir with their beautiful rendition of You're Having My Baby. Dr. Johnny Fever is dead. Long live Dr. Johnny Fever, Keith. Yeah, may he rest in in rock and roll. Uh, you know, uh, you know, he created such a great character, and he was iconic. Um, you know, as a as this, he was actually the late night jock. He came on after Venus Flytrap, who was another great jock. And um, uh, let me uh, decline this. But uh, um, so the uh, the the idea that um, you could create this 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 kind of radio station. Uh, uh, and, and have people watch what radio looked like was really kind of a, a lark. I mean, it, this kind of how did they get away with this, you know? And, uh, and and Hugh Wilson, who was the producer, did a you know just an amazing job. They had a great song, uh, you know, the intro song was you know was just fantastic. It was a hit on its own. Uh, and Howard Hessman as Dr. Johnny Fever was that deep throated late night DJ, you know, and spinning the hits and doing doing all that, uh, but. Uh, you know, it was it was a great show, and 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 it was an authentic show because Hugh Wilson had worked in radio. Uh, they hired away my program director at KNX FM in Los Angeles, uh, Steve Marshall, to be be the head writer for the show. Steve became, I think, the associate producer at one point. So it was it was it was radio guys writing a show about what it's like at a radio station and all the caricatures, you know, the big guy and, and, uh, you know, the, the sales manager and, uh, uh, you know, Bailey, the receptionist. And, and, you know, it was all, it was just, it was just a cast full of people that we could relate to, but it was one of those things where you just loved every bit they did. And I think that's what made the, the rerun so popular is that, Oh yeah, this is what that show, this is what happens. And there isn't a, a year that goes by that radio stations across America and other people tweet about the famous Thanksgiving turkey drop with Les Nessman announcing the carnage in the parking lot at the shopping mall where the helicopter dropped the turkeys out of the helicopter and turkeys can't fly. So they just smashed against the pavement, you know, and exploded upon impact. And literally the big guy, Mr. Carlson, was saying, you know, you know, as God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. It's one of the greatest lines in television history. And, you know, it lives on, fortunately. And fortunately, Dr. Johnny Fever will live on. Well, he had a skill set and a lifestyle that really is vanishing. You know, there's a line in the jingle, town to town and up and down the dial, which is just classic. We've all, anybody who's been in radio knows the guys who, you know, moved from this station to that station. You know, uh, all over town, all over the country, you know, they're, they're nomadic. They live out of the trunk of their car or their station wagon. And those guys are pretty much vanishing. And, and they were always the characters in the business, just like, you know, the, the jocks on WKRP were characters. It, it's, it was just, it was a great show, and it's uh, still in syndication, and you can find all kinds of clips on the Internet, and it's just fabulous. So. Yeah, baby, if you ever wondered whatever happened to me, I'm living on the air in Cincinnati. I'm Cincinnati, WKRP. I mean, you know, it's great because all those guys also had lots of ex-girlfriends and wives somewhere along the line, too. So, 
All right. Well, you know, the Winter Olympics uh, start tomorrow, I believe. And I don't know about you, Keith. Has it ever been this quiet about the Olympics before? Never. Never. What's going on? I mean, they have. I've seen almost no promotion, a little bit on the website, a little bit on the air. But, you know, they have 2,800 hours of Olympic action that they're covering. <laughs> Talk about a glut of inventory. <laughs> it's a lot of half pipe and curling, you know. Yeah, yeah. I it just it it amazes me. Of course, they are on. Uh, listen to how many platforms they are distributing the twenty eight hundred hours out over. They've got it on NBC, Peacock, USA Network, CNBC, NBCOlympics.com, and the NBC Sports app. So again, it's going to be an awful lot like last time that they did the Olympics. Nobody's going to know where to watch what, although you can presume that the key events will be on NBC. But, you know, they've they've spent billions of dollars for this. Ratings are down less than half of what they were in 2012, I guess, in, in London. I, I mean, are, are we, we're waiting for some kind of a breakout personality, but there is just no buzz about this. Is it possible it's because it's in China and we've got so much political repercussions going on? What do you think? I think that has a big part of it. Um, and I think also, too, the, um, you know, the, <clears throat> the COVID, uh, you know, uh, is still raging. So that's a big part of it, too. And where did it come from? You know, it came from China. So, you know, we've got all this. Ugh, and, 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 and basically... I was reading this yesterday where they're, they're, they're um, putting the athletes and, and attendee, you know, all the officials and coaches and athletes are basically in, in bubbles. In other words, they will not, the villages are interconnected. They're, they, they, they're, the trains that they're taking them out to the venues uh, are all interconnected and all secure and all, you know, I guess uh, COVID free, but there's no mingling with the, with the uh, locals. The locals can't mingle with them. There's, there can be no interaction between Chinese people and Olympians. No, no, I don't think any locals are even allowed to attend events. I mean, it's it's really weird. And I think this weirdness has us all kind of going, well, why do I want to watch this weirdness? The other part of it, too, is that most of the commentators for NBC aren't going to be in China. You know, part of the attractiveness and the excitement of uh, of the Olympics, and certainly the Winter Olympics, is the freezing cold ski announcers out there on the hill, or the guys out there at the ski jump, or the speed skating ring, or you know, the ice rink. You know, a lot of those guys are going to be doing that from a production studio in L.A. or New York. I didn't know that. That's uh, that really changes a lot. But they save all that travel expense. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So they're saving a ton of money on that. And the other thing is too, certainly here in L.A. There's no buzz about the Olympics because it's all about the Super Bowl. So right in the middle of the Olympics is L.A. hosting the Super Bowl. And who's playing in the Super Bowl? The L.A. Rams, our own team. So it is all about, it's wall-to-wall Super Bowl. It's wall-to-wall Rams. And, uh, um, oh, yeah, there's, there's an Olympics. So when you watch the Super Bowl, which is on, um, which is on NBC this year, and I think Mike Tirico is flying back from China to do the Super Bowl, or he's, I don't know what, it, what his schedule is, but they're going to jam a lot of Olympic promo into the Super Bowl, so be ready for that. But, you know, that's already, that's going to be 10 days into the, into the Olympics. It's going to be too late to jack the ratings. So, um, 
You know, you're right. I think this is a real, this is a weird, this is like a, a, an Olympics to forget. And then I was also reading another article that all the snow they're skiing on is entirely man-made. There's no natural snow surface near, Be- near, near Beijing, or at least right now. So it's like, it's like, it's such an artificial construct this year. And I, it's just not exciting. There's something uh, really uncomfortable, for, particularly for Americans, when um, the FBI has warned the attendees not to bring their phones because they'll be hacked, not by some hacker in a basement in Latvia, but by the government of China. Well, maybe both. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that, two, two different hacks. You're right. I just I think I think you're right. And, and then the other question is, with the Olympics being every other year now, winter and summer, you know, it used to be a major event every four years, and then they split them into summer and winter. Have we moved on? Have we gotten to the point where, okay, the highlights are fine, a little bit of commentary, but we're not interested in sitting down and watching six hours of, of Olympic activity? What do you think? Well, yeah, I think there's Olympic fatigue because of this every two years instead of every four years, you know, where you had summer and winter. That was an Olympic year. That was great. But I think, you know, television and ad dollars, you know, let's spread it out. You know, let's, 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 you know, keep this momentum going rather than jam. Well, let's see. Am I going to spend it on the Summer Olympics this year or am I going to spend it on the Winter Olympics this year? You know, I, I get the reasoning, but I think it has created, um, you know, Olympic fatigue. And go and because I'm sitting there going, didn't we just have the Olympics? Weren't we just in Tokyo, like, last year? No, that was two years ago, you know, or not even. It was a year and a half ago because the Winter Olympics, you know, run in winter. So, do you think, do you think uh, podcasting is going to be one of the uh, the new games they've added? If they can do steeple chasing and pigeon shooting, what do you think about podcasting? No, 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 no. no. Hey, let's think about this. Twenty twenty four, the Summer Olympics are in Paris. That was in Paris. Okay, I'm. I thought they were going back to London. I misunderstood. Okay. No, they go, they go to Paris in twenty four, and they're in L A. in twenty eight. Okay, I think that's a wrap for this week. We've done it again. Uh, Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media. We do interim contract management from time to time. <laughs> and this podcast is available on any podcast platform. And the video is updated Tuesday and Thursdays on Vimeo. So, Keith, until next week, let's keep training, and I'll see you on Tuesday. Have a good weekend. Take care. See you next week. <laughs>